Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss, and here is Stacy Pace. Thank you so much, Sid. Welcome back to another great episode of Believe in Sparks. So good to have you here. If you joined us for the first uh, part of this panel discussion on our last episode, I hope that you were blessed by it. I definitely was. And the LA Sparks continued efforts to be forward-thinking resumes. In our two-part panel discussion called Getting in the Zone, Navigating Mental Health and Wellness During Uncertain Times. Part one was a great listen, and we rejoin our discussion with each of the five panelists alongside Rusha Brown, Sparks Director of Community Relations and Youth Sports, who is our moderator. In the mindset that we need to be in, we just want to address a couple of things. So first, I'm going to give an opportunity for our esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Coach Fred Williams, Assistant Coach for the LA Sparks, and I'm um, happy to be here, and um, hopefully this will be a good Good uh, meeting for everybody. I'm Christina Nigue. Um, I went to Cal for four years and this is my second year and I just got here so I'm really excited and I'm really excited for this panel. And I'm Angel Brutus. I serve as uh, Director of Counseling and Sports Psychology with Mississippi State University Athletics Program and I'm really excited to have this conversation with you all today. Hi, my name is Eric Hewson. I'm the founder of an organization called the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and if you're around Three or four years ago, I was working in professional sports, doing a lot of what Ruja and the rest of the crew here are doing and the front office side of things. Went through a lived experience myself related to mental health. And my name is Kenza Gunter. I am a clinical and sports psychologist based in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I work with individual athletes and with teams um, focusing on mental health and mental performance. Um, I also do some consultation with professional leagues. Um, here in the States, and I am very excited to be here and looking forward to elevating this conversation about mental health. The thing that I've noticed too, the differences, because when you look at the people that are protesting, that are marching, it is a myriad of races. It's not just the African-American population. It is everyone locked in. And I've seen where there were maybe 65% of white people out there protesting. Everybody will play their part. It just depends on what you're comfortable in doing, but you have to do something. That silence is deafening. Right, and so I think it can't be you know, overlooked that any time that there is an attempt to make change, uh, and Dr. Gunter can uh, back me up on this, there's this, this concept of homeostasis, right? So this idea of your body, right? Your, your fever, your temperature in your body when you're sick, a fever spikes because your body is working to kind of regulate itself to get itself back to what it's used to, right? If you think about a machine, back in the day, I'm not talking about digital, I'm talking about analog, and you have these different gear shifts, right? And you have gear shifts that are turning in one direction, and then it's connected to another gear that might be turning in a different direction, but it's all functioning and intertwining in a way to make the machine work. As soon as one gear decides that it wants to make a change, whether it's to slow down or change direction, the other gears in that machine are going to work extra hard to make sure that it gets back on functioning in, in the same direction that it's been used to for so long. That's the concept of homeostasis. And so uh, one of the analogies that I tend to give is like, you know, if we're working with someone, uh, and Eric, you, you mentioned this a little bit, someone who's recovering from a substance, you know, misuse uh, concern, uh, their family system can articulate that they want change. They want that person to be better 
But then once that person starts changing their behaviors, unbeknownst to the family system, they start doing behaviors and saying and doing things that keeps that person in that role that the person has been functioning in, right? And so no matter how toxic, systems always work harder to maintain themselves to maintain homeostasis. And so that's the reason why it's important to understand is what Dr. Gunter talked about in terms of even if it's the smallest thing, keep your foot on the gas and figure it out. Everyone's gonna have a different stage in terms of what this stage of development is, in terms of what this stage of change is. Um, and you know, to her point, this definitely is unprecedented because at, as she said, you know, the country has not been designed for equity. The country is literally birthed out of the concept of one having dominance over the other. And so in that respect, yes, this is uncharted territory if we keep our foot on the gas. But we also have to recognize that systems themselves are designed to maintain homeostasis. That's all I have to say. Very good. And that was a mouthful. So I appreciate your sharing that with us and just understanding that everybody's in a different place. We have to work together. We have to figure these things out. But the one thing that we cannot do is stand still. The one thing that is really important is that we move in whichever direction we see fit that fits our body and our mindset, but everybody has to take their part. And once again, just looking at the opportunities and finding these challenges, finding opportunity within the challenges is very important. Every time something happens, your mindset is, it makes a difference. How do you look at it? Are you optimistic? Are you finding something positive in every negative situation so that you can prepare yourself for that next thing. And Christine, but I just really know the platform of understanding the protection of the Black woman is important to you. And, and something you shared was just about how there's so much hatred projected on Black women and the need for us to be protected. In that space, what would you like to share? It was funny because I was just thinking about, I feel like people kind of get the conception that like, black men's lives matter and not black women's lives matter and the idea that black lives matter is everyone not just one group and i feel like it's just like confusing to some people because i'm going back to the Breonna, the Breonna, like that situation and george floyd you see the two dynamics and you see how like the power dynamic and you see how like the black woman's still undervalued still underappreciated and it's just like, when, when are the roles gonna reverse? Like how much change needs to happen for people to actually see black women and to uplift them truly? And then you mentioned too, just the amount of hatred that is pushed onto black women. And I know a lot of times when you are perceived as strong, you can be seen as angry. Or if you have a strong voice, you know, you're difficult and there are just so many different words that come along with pursuing your goals and wanting to do and be better, which should be all our rights, but there's a special stigma on the Black woman as she reaches to pursue her goals and to do things in excellence. So as you move forward, I want to challenge you to continue to stand in your voice, challenge you to make sure that you're using your platform, because there are so many young ladies that are looking up to you and will see who you are and what you are that will help them put in a space where they can do better as well. We'll give our panelists each a minute and a half, two minutes to share with us something that they caught. And okay, we'll start with Dr. Gunter. Well, I mean, certainly I, I appreciate 
this conversation and I think these kinds of conversations can be the gateway to increased empathy, humility for another person's experience, understanding, and then hopefully action. And so I think it's important for all of us to recognize that this is, this is uncomfortable talking about, talking about mental health, talking about race, that's uncomfortable for all of us, but, but, and it may be difficult, but we can do difficult things. I would imagine if we all looked into our past, there have been times when we faced difficulties and we've done them. And so I think remembering that there's a strength in a, a strength that lies in us internally and a strength that lies within us collectively is really important. And then I, I have to say about mental health is, um, giving yourself permission to check in about your mental health and to name what's going on for you in that mental space, um, to, to, to think about it. We say it all the time to think about it in the same vein as physical health. Um, you can do that, but just to think about it and to recognize that your emotions that you feel they're natural, the thoughts that you have, all of that's important for your well-being. And so giving yourself permission to take care of yourself in that mental space, seek help when you need to, um, to not think that it's only in the moment of crisis when you can seek that help, but really to try to think about your overall wellness from a mind, body, soul perspective, um, and to, to continue to engage and do the difficult things while also taking care of yourself. It's not just that the Caucasian Americans do not understand what Black history was, because I didn't know what Juneteenth was until I went to college. It was never taught in school. I didn't know about Black Wall Street. There were so many things that I missed that I felt like my life would have been better for had I known. Not doing what I think, unfortunately, because we've become a nation of headline readers, no matter what race, gender, background we are, not jumping to conclusions and all of a sudden thinking, oh, this is a Floyd issue, or this is an issue of we saw this on TV, that was a terrible murder that took place, that's why all these uh, demonstrations are happening. No, it's because it's part of an overall system issue that we've had for so long, right? And then taking that knowledge and being able to have conversations in a public way where we discuss some of what we didn't know, some of what we needed to be educated on, some of, and then, and then in, in fairness, because I want, I want to be balanced here, a little bit of, okay, I'm a white dude here. Like, it's kind of like when, and I'm not trying to, to, to narrow it down to this, but I'm giving an analogy. When you have a group of friends and one of your friend's family members passes away, no one knows the right thing to say, right? Whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in person, it's like, do you say the cliche thing? And then it's like, oh, they're just saying the cliche thing. Do you say something short just to acknowledge it? But then they're like, oh, they don't really care that much. They just said something to, to, th to, to, to throw me a bone. Do you stay quiet because you're afraid of saying something that might be sensitive, right? And so I think in this particular case, these are the conversations that I have with my black friends, not just privately, publicly on chats like that, where it's like, I want to make sure I'm your ally in the way that I'm educating myself, but also the way that you believe in terms of how we can make change happen, I could be your best ally and, and help guide me in that. And, and some people might answer me and say, it's not our job to guide you. Totally understand that. But, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the white perspective saying, we need some guidance because it, it, it's, it's not as easy because we're a little bit uncomfortable the right way to speak up. And so if we can educate ourselves and get some help in terms of what's the right way to be that ally, I think you combine those th two things together and that's how we can best support the change that we need to see happen.
What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com slash team to get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. The conversations are very difficult, but the courageous conversations have to take place in order to impact change. And it may be some of us or most of us being uncomfortable, but Dr. Gunner, I want to come to you and just Ask, how do you offer support to friends and peers that want to have that conversation about racial injustice? I think everyone has to have a listening ear, and that's been said a number of times. I, I, I want to go back to a point that Eric said, you know, in, in that notion of people have to educate themselves, right? Like people, um, white people have to educate themselves about a history that they were not taught about. I think one of the other things that we have to be very clear on is the, the society that we want in terms of justice and equity and equality has never existed in this country. So if we want that, we really have to create something new because the country was designed with the notion that there was one group of people who dominated and held power over another group of people. That's how it was set up. And I know that's a difficult concept to, to think, you know, when we think about our Declaration of Independence that says, you know, all men are created equal, whatever the case may be, but that included white men. That didn't include women. That didn't include Black people. That didn't include Native Americans. That didn't include immigrants, unless you were from, some, from certain places. And I, this, so this just society that we want um, is really going to have to be something we create. I think the other thing, to go back to what I was going to say with Eric's point, is in, in saying that you need guidance. Like, people might need guidance on what to do. And when you said that, my thought process, I, I was, I'll, I'll own, I was like, but it's not our job to guide. I'll be 100% transparent that that was my thought. But my second thought was, just think about what you would want for yourself, right? You would want to be respected. You would want to have your dignity and worth and value as a person honored in all facets of life, everywhere you go. You'd want to have a world that was safe for your children. You'd want to be able to have access to opportunities, whether that be educational, financial, um, relational, wealth-based. Wealth um, you'd want to have access to the things that would allow you to grow, develop for yourself, your family, your community. Everyone wants the same thing. The notion that that people of different races or people who identify differently in terms of some cultural dynamic, that they want something different than other people is misguided, right? So in thinking about how, what do we want it to look like? Just think about what you would want for yourself. I think all the, the end points of where we want to get to, uh, you know, maybe not everyone would, would, would say that. I know in my case, those are all endpoints that I want to get to. I think the challenges, and this is just me being very transparent, is like, you go on social media, right? And, and you read certain memes and stuff like that. And you, you, you hear things like, hey, white people, I don't need to hear, I'm sorry, or I don't need to hear, I wish things were better, right? And so the challenge becomes like, absolutely, tactically where we want to get there. But it's like, even the initial reaching out, even to a close friend, right? And that's why I brought up the like loss of a the family member, or a close friend is, I think that there's, the, the 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 discussion and I completely agree with you. Our society has never been in a place where we can model back to that equality. We have to build a new 
equal society, right? Or at least attempt to do that. It's, it's, it's these initial phases, like, you know, let's get down to a tactical issue right now. Like if there's a, a, a march or a protest, do you want your white friends there holding arms with you in it? Like it's things like yeah. that, that that we don't know the answers to because, yeah. And there is no one answer, right? I think right. that's the other part of it. The notion that there is one thing that you can do that every black person or every person of color will look to to say, okay, you're for the cause and you're not is misguided. I can't count now how many conversations I've had about this particular topic, the intersection of mental wellness and social injustice and social unrest. Um, I think because of the, the topic, uh, you know, in preparation for today, you know, the, the word uncertainty keeps coming up, right? And so normalizing the fact that every day we wake up, we might have a plan, but the day might have something else in mind for us. So uncertainty as a normal experience, I think is number one for us to kind of acknowledge. I think the second thing to kind of acknowledge is that we have to be very mindful, intentional, and um, deliberate about protecting our energy. Um, because our energy is necessary. Our energy has value. Uh, we wouldn't just go out giving people thousand dollar bills. Think about your energy in the same way, right? And how much of that are we giving back to ourselves? Um, I think the third point is, and you know, this kind of goes back to, you know, what Dr. Gunter mentioned in terms of mental health and physical health. They are one in the same. Uh, in my department at MSU, it's literally in our uh, footer on all of our letterhead. Mental health is physical health. There is no question about it. Your body keeps the score. When you lay down at night, you can quickly scan and do a body scan and you can know exactly what stressors are there. Whether it's in your neck, having a headache, having indigestion, gastrointestinal stuff, we can go on and on. Those two are intertwined, they are not mutually exclusive. And if anybody says they aren't, some come see me. Uh, that being said, I think seeking help, as has been mentioned, it doesn't take a crisis. Um, actually, it's maintenance. You wouldn't drive your car without getting the oil change. So why would you drive your body without doing a checkup? Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And Christine, just knowing that you're getting ready for the season and, and you've had a wonderful voice here on this platform to share the things that are important to you. Um, well, this is my first panel, so I was super nervous when I, um, like, Obviously I wanted to do it and I'm super passionate about this topic, but I was like really nervous because I've never um, been able to really speak my truth. And um, I think this panel has allowed me to speak parts of my truth and to learn and to help educate me just so I can help other people that are struggling with the same things that I am. But um, I just like want to tell people to give themselves grace right now during this period. Um, everyone's dealing with something and just to give yourself a lot of grace and pour love into yourself because there's just so much hate going on right now. And if you don't do that, you're just gonna break down and it's not gonna be productive for anybody. Definitely, love definitely is what we need more for ourselves and the interactions that we have. And Coach Fred, I was told that you had a couple of quotes. I'll give you your minutes plus your time for your quotes. Well, I have a few, you know, I, I think what's good uh, for everyone each and every day is to post some quotes maybe uh, around in, the, in, in your living room, bathroom, wherever you see a mirror somewhere. But the first things in the morning, I usually have a quote that's, I, actually I have a few quotes that's in my bathroom that's up that gets me going every day. And it, you know, one of them says, whatever you see in the mirror, you, know, you just kind of blame yourself on. But you know, you got to keep walking and hopefully somebody behind you will, will have footprints to follow. 
Um, each day is a possession. I think all the doctors talked about that here today about possession of a day. And, and once you wake up in the morning, your clock starts. It starts. And then once you lay your eyes to rest, you know, that's when the time, the buzzer goes off. You know, create your own success story. You know, Christine is going to create, she's creating her own success story right now. Myself, you know, I've created my own success, uh, success story because I always tell students when I go talk to them uh, in large groups, especially uh, teenagers that and, and from the South Central area, the first thing I say before I can get into my speech is that I say, I'm living proof that it can be done. And I just be silent for a while. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm saying, I'm, I'm still here. You know, I'm gonna talk way back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000, you know, I'm here. And, and the last one is that keep your value up every day. Just like the stock exchange, keep yourself and your, your value up every day. Do that because it's very important. And so those are my few of my thousands of quotes that I have. And the Sparks family knows that I share my, my quotes with them, you know, because I don't have to, but I love doing that because you never know what makes a person smile. And you can just write a smiley face and, and send it off to in a letter, that person will smile. And everybody on this panel and everybody on here made me smile today. You know, the information that was shared here today makes a huge difference. A lot of times we don't even know what we need until we hear someone express it. And so the one thing I wanna encourage everyone to do is make sure that you seek out the information you want, but also the help that you need. There is no shame in seeking out you know, someone to talk to because you're experiencing turmoil and not understanding your feelings and the opportunity to process and cope with what's going on. We all have our own ways of relating. So it's, it's okay. It's, it's very fine. And I know we're getting close to our time. So what I want to do is give people a chance to ask a question. Raymond Lyons, I saw yours first. I uh, just had a um, kind of a two-part question. First to the, um, to the mental health uh, specialists. Um, just with everything going on and, you know, just trying to get information just so you just stand abreast of things. Um, how important is it to just kind of monitor your intake and just make sure you're not um, overburdening yourself with, you know, just with uh, pure trauma? And um, specifically to Christine, uh, how important it for you is it to um, be part of a league that not only allows you to kind of voice yourself, but actually is behind you and championing that, um, that, uh, that mission? It's um, I don't know, it's it's fantastic. It's like liberating. Um, it makes me feel like I'm seen and I'm heard, and it makes me want to just continue to use my platform for the good and um, educate people and educate myself. Because the more educated you are, the more um, access you have. I can say very quickly, it is vital for you to manage your information intake um, because we are in a, in a society that is filled with information overload. You don't have to watch every video. You don't have to look at every post. You don't have to comment on everything. You don't have to watch the news all the time. Certainly, I know being informed is one thing, but it is critical um, because everything you take in is going to affect you in some way, your mood, your thought process, your perspective. And so I have encouraged people to take fast here over the last few weeks in terms of if there's a day where you can just not be on social media, do that. If you can take the weekend off and engage in your life versus your virtual life, do that. Because in my opinion, it is a vital form of self-care to set a boundary 
when it comes to engaging with social media and consuming news. And I would just add to what Dr. Gunter said, and I would say actually confuse the algorithms. So make sure you balance the posts that you do. Um, even if you happen to come across some um, insightful kind of posts that are kind of still skewing your view into one particular, um, I guess you would say like tunnel vision of things because the algorithms don't lie. They continue to show you similar and same feeds. And sometimes you might not even know that there's an exposure to more information that's out there. Even if you don't like it, even if you don't retweet it, even if you don't reshare it, if you pause on it too long, it picks up on the pause, right? And so uh, one way that I've been able to personally kind of balance it out is to make sure that I post as coach Fred just mentioned different quotes. So yes, I'm still getting information, but I'm actually picking and choosing and creating those boundaries for myself. But I'm also posting different quotes, making sure that I follow different things that are affirming for myself so that the algorithms can not, no longer take control over the information that I'm getting. And uh, and, the, and the piggyback Dr. Brutus said, said in, the, in the previous question about how mind and body, there is, there's one, it's not separate, right? And, and body keeps score and, and Bessel van der Kolk and, 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 and all that research has been done. So Raymond, to your question, you know, this helps me think about it. Like we think of when our physical health, we think of our arteries can, can build up with plaque over time from the stuff that we eat, right? So think of your central nervous system. You brought up the term trauma, uh, Raymond. The stuff that we take in through social media Sometimes the content of the stuff that we take in, but sometimes just the frequency of stuff that we take in, the push notifications, the, the how many likes am I getting, how many likes am I not, the comparison to one person to the next, think of it almost as a meter where the stress and trauma continues to build up. If you're not doing exercises that are releasing and rewiring that out, and you're also taking in more of it, eventually that stuff takes you down just like plaque in the arteries can take down uh, 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 you with a heart attack or a stroke or what have you. So monitoring that intake, it, it, to think about it in a very science way, is that it's cumulative and it builds up inside of you. And we, we often think of, of, of social media and just media in general, oh, I'm learning something or taking something in. That stuff contributes and it builds towards the trauma and stress that's building up in our system. Bria Felician. This question is mostly for the mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. um, as teams and leagues are like opening up more, um, like what advice or what would you tell a player that's going to in, into these bubbles and starting to play again, like amid like all this uncertainty? Uh, part of it is, you know, the re-socialization kind of concerns are, are real. Uh, I think the first thing is actually acknowledging what those concerns might be. Uh, health anxiety is a real thing, especially during this time after, you know, being away for so long. Um, some of the concerns that I have heard has, has been something as simple as not trusting teammates to have done everything that they needed to do on their end to, to remain safe from a, a medical standpoint. Um, but also having the anticipation of being anxious about the return and depending on, you know, what athletes have done to maintain some sense of conditioning um, and what that looks like. Um, being able to trust, again, talking about systems, being able to trust the system that's ready to receive them and, uh, you know, the, the agenda behind that. Um, and so there is a lot to kind of sift through, but I think if it's not addressed, then you're now entering on the court with all of that. 
and that's not going to be healthy either. And so I think, you know, just being realistic and acknowledging what those levels of concern are, um, I think the league has been doing a great job, and, and Dr. Gunter, I'm going to pitch it to you for this, but in terms of really starting to engage more with the mental health community in terms of providing supports for athletes that are returning um, across different levels. I can't really speak to the, the high school and adolescent level, depending on the, the audience here, but I know from a collegiate and a pro level, it, it's really um, seen an uptick in the trend of access to services. Yeah, that's the piece that I was going to say is, is certainly when you think about going into these different environments, whether it's the bubble as it relates to pro sports or whether it's the collegiate environment, which is also going to be a different kind of experience. I think it, it's a, the fact that people are even asking the question of how are, their, how are people's mental health going to be affected? Like how are individuals going to adjust from a mental and emotional standpoint to these different and new situations. That's a question that I don't think would, would have even been in the discussion five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago. And so I think the fact that there's a question is the, speaks to the fact that there's a recognition of a need to have resources to address that. Um, whether it's resources on site, whether it's resources via telehealth, which we have become very, very familiar with in the last three months. Um, sure. But understanding and knowing that, that that support needs to be available because everybody coming into these new spaces might be feeling and experiencing different things. So there is no one approach that's going to work for everyone, but the approach of allowing a space for people to process and having resources available is something that could be beneficial to everyone. Jennifer Jacquez. Um, my, my question is for um, Coach Williams in terms of the athletes as they start to come back. Um, what team building activities would you suggest um, that they do together in order to build that bond again? Because everybody's just been going through so much traumatic um, stress within their own, you know, individual lives. Like, what would you suggest that they do to just kind of build that trust and, and that bond as they come together to try to achieve a goal of winning and working together as a team? Well, we've been having that uh, team building bond already for the past um, few months. I think we've been on Zoom uh, twice a week with our group uh, and, and, and talk to the young ladies respectfully for their time. It's more of a volunteer type of situation when they come on and, and I would say we've pretty much been 100% all players been involved even if they're in a car driving. Uh, we have talked about some basketball things, X and O's and showing film, but um, you know the, the real bond uh, we'll start when we get together uh, in a few weeks in, in the team bubble. And, you know, I like to say that it, it's, it starts from the top. And like I said, from the coaching staff, uh, from the front office there, the front office is doing a great job of really getting us ready and prepared uh, for anything that we're going to face uh, for us media wise and visually marketing. And then the other is that, this league is going in as, as 12 teams, but we're really going in as one. Tony Thompson? Of course, I'm more tapped into that youth and high school kids uh, who are looking up to the NBA players, looking up to the WNBA players. So from a doctor, from the coaches, and from a player's perspective, how do we get the leagues like the WNBA and like the NBA to make these kids understand that it's okay to have a problem. It's okay to have an issue uh, and, and move forward. I started off by you know, saying first that uh, I know that we've you know, had the march and we had some things going, you know, 
we've been you know quarantined for as COVID right now and watching your spacing and distance. Uh, but this is a crucial time for athletes like ourselves, the NBA, our league getting ready to start up to really show the young people that, hey, even though we are still fighting for something and fighting against something, it's still okay to get together and go to work and do what you need to do. As a young person, they, they're going to look at that and see, you know, a Candace Parker, you know, getting at it, Christina getting, Christine getting at it on the, on the floor and still being, you know, healthy in herself, but they need something to see. Right now, the young ones don't have anything to see unless they turn in the news or see something on Twitter that's always in the, in the, in the negative. What we're trying to do here in the future right now for the next few months is some, bring something positive each and every day for the young youth to look at and to see. But, um, you know, I'd say, Tony, that's, that's the best way to, you know, really kind of put it to them. I'm, I'm just going to add to that, Tony, just because Ruja does some work with us in terms of how athletes open up, whether it's male athletes, female athletes. Something that I noticed when I went through what I went through is the way in which celebrities, let's call them athletes, let's call them people from, from other areas of having large platforms, the opening up took the form of I, XYZ person, have, and then it was disorder name or label, okay? And while that starts to tow towards us getting somewhere, what it doesn't open up is it doesn't open, open up the commonality of the story related to the challenge that ended up resulting in a place where someone now currently is, whether that's disorder or not, right? And so the commonalities that tie us all together, whether we're talking about stress and trauma from what we've been through with COVID or in our lives in general, or whether we're talking about some of the social injustice things, those are, and, and hearing a player like, like Christine talk about her own personal experiences, I think there's a very big difference between leagues, teams, players, talking about isms and talking about taglines and talking about disorder versus sharing personal life experiences. That's what helps a younger generation relate because they hear, and I'll give a specific example, they hear an athlete say, it was difficult for me to grow up in a single family household. It was difficult for me when my parents got divorced. It was difficult for me to sit through what's going on right now and feel like I was alone or feel like I was on my own. When we share the details of the story and the history behind things, that's what makes people connect more so than just the quick tagline or the quick thing that gets the most likes or the most tweets and stuff like that. So, so I just want to give Ruja a, a round of applause because of, of what she's done, but, but she's done it in, in the midst of a larger group that we have sharing, which is really being vulnerable. I heard someone share that before. Uh, actually, might have been you, Coach. Being vulnerable from the top and, and that person from the top being willing to open up and share that this time period that they've been through for all the reasons we've just discussed has been difficult on them and why it's been difficult on them, that's permission giving. That permission giving allows then everyone else to feel like it's a safe space for them to open up and share their stuff as well. I also think on a, on a more local level with our younger athletes, allowing space for their emotions, allowing room for them to share how they're feeling. If a kid says to you that they're angry or they're sad to say, oh, you don't have any reason to feel like that. Not dismissing their feelings because they're young, 
but allowing space for it and helping to give them language for it so that because when you tell a kid you shouldn't feel like that or you don't have a reason to feel like that you don't stop the feeling you stop them from telling you about it the next time they feel that way and so we really have to create and allow for more space for our children our youth our young athletes to be able to say what they're feeling and to offer them support in that. And I think that too normalizes it for them, coupled with seeing older athletes and hearing the stories of those who they look up to. And I would just even add a little bit to that and saying not just the uh, older athletes who might be intangible, but as coaches and as leaders of the team, being a little bit vulnerable with your athletes too, so they can see you as a human, which gives them permission to humanize their experiences. Thank you for supporting the Sparks. I want to make sure that you know that we are here and we are moving in a space to make sure that we're not just a basketball team. It's all about making sure our community and the people that we serve are getting what they need. Sydney, in what ways have you found most beneficial for you personally to find some solace, to find some peace, to find some joy in, in these moments, in these times? Thankfully, I've been surrounded by family. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who haven't had that within within itself just to be around loved ones. And so I'm, I've been fortunate to have time with my parents, my brother and his wife, my grandparents. I went up to Minnesota a couple weeks ago uh, to drive my grandparents up to their cabin. And I was able to see family that lives in Minnesota that I don't get to see all the time. And so to be present with people has been very helpful um, to have amazing conversations that are necessary to have, uh, even if there's viewpoints that are differing. I think it's so good to acknowledge racism, police brutality, the virus, and speak about our perspectives and what's going on on any, any given day. Um, so to have that has been good. And then I also naturally to my core i'm an introvert and so as much as i love being with my family i also love and need time to myself and so working out has been big for me um, just to get my heart rate going to listen to music um, and with a season uh, being on the brink of a season um, and who know, you never know what's going to happen but trying to prepare for that has been has put my mind um, in a purposeful and intentional manner of um, how can I prepare for that? And so I can balance my days with, um, you know, being with family, having conversations, being on my own, working towards something. And then um, I've, I've spent a lot of time breathing, meditating, prayer, um, reading as well. And so finding balance in all these days um, amidst everything. And so there's a time and place for, reading and learning and there's a time and place for reading for joy and there's a time and place for watching and learning and watching for fun. And so the office has been crucial in these in these months. I have really relied on John Krasinski. That that man still has my heart and I <laughs> needed him. Um, and so it's it's been different every day. And so there's no one right answer for for everybody, even for myself. I've been navigating um, a lot of different um, mental patterns within myself because I feel like I mean you hear it all the time like it's a new day clean slate but these days truly have been new like they presented new information um, you can have plans and they could get ruined because something new has come about or new plans come to the surface and so for all of us like we're trying our best to navigate and ride this wave and so um, however 
you need to do that however it's best for your heart and your soul um now's the time to really dive into that and figure it out and find joy and um whatever that might be don't forget we're available on your favorite directories including itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary iheart and tune in thank you for all your support please share this show with everybody you know we would love to have as many people hear what we're sharing as possible if you're interested in advertising on this show we'd love to have you be part of it contact believe at believe.com and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at sweetbaby 24 and you can follow stacy pates on instagram and twitter at stacy pates Thank you for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss for Stacey Pates and Go Sparks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.